text today is from the gospel where, again, Jesus is calling his church, his disciples together. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Dear friends of Christ, this morning Jesus is, is calling his disciples and he's choosing them. And he first chose uh, John and then Andrew. And Andrew's brother then, Simon Peter, was chosen next. And, and after that, of course, uh, comes Nathanael. And eventually Jesus calls all of the 12. And those 12 literally drop everything and follow Jesus. Now that's odd. Not that the first 12 guys that he asked to follow him would follow him. That's odd in and of itself. It's odd that these 12 men would follow him because it wasn't going to be an easy task. You know, when you were a disciple... They worked long hours. They probably didn't get paid, if at all. Still, it seems these 12 men that Jesus picked were committed. They refused to leave Jesus' side. And Peter perhaps says why. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so here these men were following Jesus because of His message. You... Tell us how to live forever. You have the words of everlasting life so that when people die, we know that they'll live. It's hmm. an interesting message. That's the message that attracted them. You have the words of eternal life. We don't want to die. We want to live forever. And that message is truly astonishing. Because we have funeral services and there's a dead body and, and we say goodbye to them and we know they're not here with us anymore. And we proclaim a life everlasting when all the proof shows that they are dead and gone and in the grave and their body won't move again, ever. And Jesus says, I have this message of life everlasting and the first 12 guys he talks to says, okay, I'll follow you. How many of you would follow somebody who walked up to you and said, Hey, I'm the Messiah. Believe in me and I will give you life forever. Would you follow him? It really is strange that Jesus asked 12 men and the first 12 guys said yes. I'll drop everything that I'm doing, everything that my life was at that moment, and I'm going to follow you for that message. C.S. Lewis said, you've got a problem with Christ. He said, he's either Lord, and you've got to deal with him as being Lord, or he's lunatic. And you don't listen to a word he says, because he's, he's insane. I mean, how many... Listen, if you've got a Messiah complex, you've got a problem. How many people out there are claiming themselves to be the Messiah and then telling people to follow them and then the people that follow them, aren't they a little weird? Unless, unless the one telling them to follow me is the Messiah. 
unless the one telling them to follow me can prove who he is. That promise of everlasting life was a powerful message back then. That promise of everlasting life is still a powerful message today. It still resonates in our soul. I want to live forever. I don't want to die. And of course, that message is even more powerful today, knowing that Christ's message was backed up with facts. Christ's message you will live forever, was backed up by prophecy and fulfillment. And that's what Jesus did. He backed up His claims. And He performed miracles as object lessons. The miracle was the object lesson, and then He would do the miracle to show who He was, that He claimed to be. And then Jesus asked the disciples, will you follow Me? And they did. And the Lord's still inviting people. You can live forever. Follow me. And so that's our theme. Follow Jesus. Listen, if you want to validate whether all this is true or not, I want you to consider the feeding of the 5,000. We could consider so many miracles, but let's just take the feeding of the 5,000. You had a, a few loaves of bread, a couple fish. And you had a multitude of people probably 20,000, and everybody ate till they were full. That's not normal. And then I can feed you. I am the Lord, and I can provide five loaves of bread, two fish, not a problem. That was the object lesson, now the message. And he gets up before the people. And and listen to these words. Listen how strange they were if they were just coming from an ordinary man. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. What? (laughs) Did you hear what he said? If you believe in me, you'll never be hungry. If you follow me, you'll never thirst. Do you know anybody who talks like that? I mean, one person. And if he does talk like that, would you follow him? And yet here you are. And the twelve disciples dropped everything they had and followed him for the message. However, the message is powerful. Like I said, the message resonates. Everybody wants to live forever. And that word life, zoe, eternal life, zoe, means uh, a fullness of life. Uh, not, uh, it means an eternal life of peace and joy, zoe. And this zoe, God just gives it away. He says, I'm going to allow you to live in this zoe, this life-fulfilled type of life, forever and forever and forever. You say, well, that's fairy tale book type of stuff. We don't believe in fairy tales, do we? He gives eternal life away. How does he do this? But you have to remember who he is. Remember? He was born of a Virgin Mary. God came down and took on human flesh. And this Jesus is who he claims to be. And if we believe the truth, then we believe in Him, and the truth will set us free. 
And that's why Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Remarkable claims. I am the only way to God. I am the only truth. I am the only way. You can't even approach God unless you come through me. And more than that, then Christ comes and feeds our faith. Like He fed the 5,000, He feeds our faith with the sacrament of His holy body and His holy blood. And He distributes it and He multiplies it and He feeds all the people of the world who believe in Him. Consider another example of how He validates who He is. From John chapter 11, we read that Lazarus had just died, been in the grave for four days, when Jesus finally arrives on the scene and poor Martha, poor Martha, she's in complete grief and distress because Jesus was late, it was too late. And Jesus gave her an unbelievable promise, a promise that He would back up. But again, listen to these words as coming from a plain human being. Would you follow somebody who said this? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. What? (laughs) If you live, if you believe in me, you won't die. (laughs) Are you serious? You think that much of yourself? That if the whole world believes in you, we're going to have this Zoe life fulfilled forever and ever? Gift? Really? That was the object lesson. Or that's the, that's the lesson. Now he gives the object lesson. He walks up to the tomb because Jesus always backed up what he said. And so he walks up to the tomb and he says, I am the master of resurrection. I am the master. I am the Lord of life everlasting. I hold it in the palm of my hand and I deliver it to whoever I want. And then he goes to the tomb as a stone is rolled back and the stench of this one who had been dead for four days waffles out, wafts out and fills the, the sinuses of those sitting there. We can smell the dead one. And of course, immediately Martha tries to dissuade Jesus Lord, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he's been dead four days. Don't do this thing. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you'd see the glory of God? And then he cried out, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out very much alive. And we have dramatic proof once again. Jesus has the words of eternal life. We could go into his whole resurrection, his death. Again, one evidence after another, but as Jesus raised Lazarus, even the opposition said, what are we going to do with this? The guy's raising people from the dead. Everybody's going to listen to his message. I have the words of eternal life. Everybody's going to follow him. We've got to shut this guy up. And of course, they couldn't stop the power. They couldn't stop the resurrections. So they said, we'll stop the man. We'll kill him. And so they sent forth to put him on a cross. 
Couldn't stop the power, let's stop the message. And that's why the Jewish leaders cried out in despair, what are we going to do for this man who keeps doing many miracles? What are we going to do? Well, if they want to live forever, they better follow Jesus. And that's what Jesus told Philip. Jesus went to Philip and said, follow me. And God's still inviting people today. He tells you and he tells me, follow me. It's called discipleship. And discipleship isn't easy, like I told the kids. Discipleship is something where people say, I want eternal life. I want this gift given to me. So I say to you, if you want to live forever, follow Jesus. And if you want to live forever in eternal death, don't. And you say, well, those words are a bit abrupt, Pastor. Those words sound a little bit indifferent. No, I'm not being indifferent. God wants us all to believe in Him. He wants the whole world to have everlasting life. That's why He's offering it. That's why He sent His Son Jesus into the world. That's why He calls everyone to follow Him. That's why He calls everyone to be a disciple. Eternal discipleship involves two things. One, that we repent of our sin continually over and over again, daily rise up and we say, Lord, I'm a sinful being. And two, then, that we live a life continually steeped in His Word. That we learn who this God is. We learn what He's done. We learn what He wants from us. Repentance and continued learning. Repentance is hard work. To be a follower of Jesus. It's hard to follow Jesus. It's hard to fight against our sinful nature because our sinful nature is stubborn and it wants to win. It's hard to turn away from that which is in us that we desire to do. And that voice in us that says, go ahead and do it. Everybody else is doing it. It's okay. It's hard to change. It's hard to turn away from all those evil things and do what Jesus wants us to do, but His Word calls us to daily repent. Jesus says, drown your sinful natures in holy baptism and rise again to the newness of life. And this daily drowning in baptism and rising again, it wears us out. But our society, Jesus tells us, deny yourselves, and our society says, indulge yourselves. Maybe you're thinking, what's the use? Why, why should I fight all this repentance? And maybe you're like me. Maybe you catch yourself sinning. And it's the same sin you did yesterday. To be honest, it's the same sin you did the day before and probably the day before and the day before. And you find yourself at night and you're confessing the same thing all over again. You confess your sins. You ask for forgiveness. You ask God to give you the power, the strength not to sin again. And you do it again. Sooner or later, you do it all again. Listen, I, I'm a lost and condemned sinner like you. I know what you're going through, because I'm going through it too. And I know how it feels to confess my sins of weakness, to confess those sins that I keep repeating over and over again, only to see them come creeping back in my life like some kind of slithering snake, some kind of 
of slimy worm. I know the routine. I know the routine. Repent, sin, repeat. Repent, sin, repeat. Repent, sin, repeat. Repent, sin, repeat. Every believer knows this struggle. As Christians, we know we're sinners, but we're also saints. As Christians, we know we're unholy, unrighteous, and yet we're righteous through the blood of Christ. As sinners, we know that our sins are like muck and mire, and yet Christ has made us white as the snow, as our sins are white like the wool. That's why following Jesus is so difficult. That's why it's so tough. We have this constant battle in our souls, that old nature that wants to sin, and this new nature that wants to rise up and follow Jesus. St. Paul understood this battle too. And that's why he cried out in exasperation, what a wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? This body of death. That's what he means, this daily struggle, this cycle of repetitive sin. This cycle of repetitive sinning. Even though he knew he was saved by the blood of Christ, he still continued to sin, but he knew. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, because he gives me the victory. Not only would God forgive him, God would deliver him. God would give him Zoe life, everlasting life. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. And then he suffers and dies and rises again to prove it. However, this fight that continually rages in our soul, as believers, as we struggle to follow him, we should never fear our salvation, ever. Following Jesus does not mean we're going to stop sinning in this life. Following Jesus does mean that we get credit for His victory. Following Jesus does mean that He will cleanse us and wash us and that we have life in His name. Zoe life, eternal life, a life that is fulfilled forever and forever. Following Jesus means that His victory is our victory. His life is our life. Don't you see? That's why He offers the invitation. The nails that were pierced in Christ's hands and feet mean everything to me. They meant that Christ's body and blood was shed, that I might be forgiven, and He pays all my sins, and He covers all of my wretchedness. And He makes me holy and makes me perfect by His blood. That we understand the truth. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Zoe life! And you will have life eternal. So when Peter, when Jesus says, follow me, we do. When Jesus says, follow me, we practice repentance. We practice that daily, getting into His Word and studying Him to find out who He is, to grow in that faith, and to be nurtured in that faith, and to go to Bible study, and to learn more. To follow Him. And confess with Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.